right, here we are. Hello there, and welcome to the CoCast Network. I am your government master, Tony, and today we will be giving you yet another episode of the Cooperation Podcast. Let me go ahead and let the other hosts introduce themselves before we start. I'm Donald Dynamic. Dickey. <laughs> I'm, I'm Donald Dickey. Dickey. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I'm done. I did it twice. <laughs> I'm Kaylin. I am chairman over several districts yet to be determined, Josh Robin. Um, and this is a podcast where over the next course of the hour, we will be discussing and building a society, a society that has already been started. Uh, now, I this is kind of similar to a D&D-esque campaign, but instead of going on an adventure, these guys are going to run a city council. And in the spirit of getting into this, I have a little introduction I've uh, prepared for you guys for this session. Is uh, Are you guys ready? Yep. Probably not. Hello there, council members. It is I, your Tony Sisto, your terrestrial omnipotent network intelligence. Now, I know things are stressful right now. And so I thought some topical humor might help you settle into this apocalyptic scenario and keep your spirits up. I noticed it is Easter, and I just wanted to, uh, since it's Easter, I wanted to wish you all a happy day and let you know that just like an egg being hidden on Easter, we too are now going down the rabbit hole to be left to fester and grow fragrant as we wait until we can emerge new and be found by the future society. Now. There are some things I want to to inform you of that have happened last session. Now, first off, we voted to change the prime directive of the base. Now our now our main goal is to no longer is no longer just to survive, but to try to find a cure for this disease that is plaguing humanity, as well as to preserve and protect as much of humanity as possible in the process. To do this, your base has been outfitted with 100 cryostasis tubes to start out with, with the resources and facilities necessary to produce more as time progresses. 50 of these tubes are filled by specialists who will not fit into your current, uh, your current population, but who can be awoken at any time uh, based off of a vote by the council. In addition, you will have received a list of all 300 of your inhabitants to the bunker. At any point, any of these people can be called forward to speak with you on issues on the bunker to get their feelings on what decisions you are making, as well as to ask for, um, ask for input from these specialists and, and just general inhabitants of your bunker. Now, today, we need to make some decisions. Are there any matters that the council members want to bring up directly to start, or would you like me to suggest a topic? I'd like a suggestion. Okay. My suggestion is, in a past episode, you all began to discuss the possibility of implementing a point system, some way that would help you monitor mm -hmm. and maintain the workers of your bunker and give them tasks to complete in exchange for a certain monetary-type reward. Uh, is that something you all are still interested in pursuing? Pursuing yeah. discussion of. Discussion. Uh, uh, we need I to figure that out. If I remember correctly, basically what Kalen was kind of the one who, who started this thing. He said that he believed that the society could function where at the beginning of each day or week or whatever, there was a series of tasks that were presented to the inhabitants of the bunker. 
they could then take a look at these tasks and select which ones they wanted to do in exchange for points. These points would be awarded once the task was completed, and the points could be used to use several of your recreational facilities throughout the bunker. Now, does anyone have any more thoughts on this? Anything that they've been thinking over? Any problems they think might arise? Don? Did we discuss uh, the value of the point system? So say one task would have more value than the other. Is that just kind of assumed and that's kind of a blanket thing that we can just, you know, guess if you're shoveling coal, it's going to mean more than sweeping the floor. That'd be like a red tier. It'd be like a mm -hmm. red tier, which would be like a more higher price. You get more points awarded for that. Now, is it based off of just the computer's discretion? Is it based off time? Is it based off manual effort? Is it based off a combination of all? Uh, based, I'd say based off the uh, the needs of what the bunker needs at the time being. So it could be, say, we need more production and food one day, or we need more defense or something along these lines, depending on the biggest needs. And at some point, they can all start equally more, or they can all start becoming more, you know, uh, manual labor base gets higher uh, points or longer time would get higher points. But the things that really require the most attention at first, those get more points. So this is basically a supply and demand based economy, essentially. But instead of for goods, it's for services. As the demand for the job increase, uh, well, as the supply of the necessary manpower decreases, the value of it will increase. Yes. Now, is there is there any kind of cap on this? Like, let's say just r people just really hate shoveling coal. No one wants to shovel coal and it keeps not getting done and it gets to a critical level. Like, do we just keep offering more and more points until someone bites the bullet and does it? At that point, there's got to be a full hard limit where you have to start, you know, we have to start laying down saying you have, we need, we're going to take four people and move them from here. That if there are people that's probably already overcrowded already probably seeing a uh, diminishing returns on the investment and then just move them to coal for that time period until coal has been done. And then after that, we can give them those points and then just move them back if we don't need that done or stay to stay there. Yeah, I wanted to add uh, onto that. I think that that sounds like a fine idea to me, but uh, potentially, you know, um, assuming that some of these tasks are going to be repeated matters that we will um, uh, be you know, asking to do over and over again, perhaps we could, you know, gauge people's responses to like which ones they're taking and which ones they're like not really taking up and trying to alter maybe some of like, you know, like we'll make it a two man job instead of just one person doing it or, you know, like try to fine tune the list to notice tasks that are being ignored uh, to make them not or less ignored, if that makes sense. So you think that there should be a heavy component of input from the people working the job, you know, like they you're getting input as the system goes to see where the flaws in the system may lie. Is that what you're suggesting? And whatever, whatever the computer notices too, like the computer will notice when certain tasks are being ignored. And I think that there could be potentially an algorithm that could be at play here that could maybe take into account when tasks are generally just like less desired and try to make them, you know, either more valued uh, that way they have more desire to be taken or, you know, you know, cause if, if it's like a, if it's like a green or like a yellow tier task and it's not, it's not paying enough, if pe people don't think that it's paying enough cause people aren't taking it, then maybe that would be a case where that would necessitate more, more points. Uh, 
to be offered, then more people would take it. Yeah, out of curiosity, Maybe there's sort of like a oh, sort of ahead. steps as far as the response to how people want to deal with a lack of people doing a job. Like we start by increasing the number of credits. If that doesn't work, then we get our points. If that doesn't work, then we go to let's change the task itself, modify it to make it a little bit easier. Or, you know, vice versa, if we notice that there, there's a certain task that isn't as difficult as we necessarily perceived it to be, or we found a better way that makes it easier, we don't need to do it as much, lower the credits, so right, on and so like, forth. Yeah, Josh, got it right, yeah. Keep going. Yes, oh, so, uh, I guess, this is kind of just a basic question, for the amount of jobs that we give, and jobs on the board, are we letting people pick specifically what job they have, or they're, say... How many people are in basic in 300? Yes, there are 300. We have 300 jobs exactly, and they just pick those 300. Or is there some that require more? So like, is there 350 jobs and some people are 300 people? Or how, what kind of job structure do we want? Whether it's 300 jobs exactly, or do we want only a certain amount of jobs in specific fields? So say uh, education might have 20 jobs, coal miners might have 50. Or do we want to cut it down to like education might have 10, coal miners have 10, so that way out of the 300, there are 300 jobs to choose from, or out of the 300 people, are they just choosing any job? Can they choose the same job? That, that is a good question as well. So do they claim the job up front? Because um, that could lead to a problem, like let's say if two people are working the same job and one of them finishes it and claims the credit, and then the other person, mm. like, do, they, do, you, do you go and select the job and then it's taken off the roster? Or is it a, is it, because that also could lead to the problem that someone could go and claim a really high paying job and not really know how to do it or not complete it. And then no one else does it because they have it in their, in their job. So, so I think that could be, oh, yeah, go ahead. Do we separate this in the way things are skilled versus unskilled labor in terms of like the education portion or things such as um, things that require an already, already a degree of knowledge? From the past world, uh, should we have jobs like that set up for people who already have experience in it? And then for the unskilled laborers, they can choose. And then for the skilled laborers, they can still choose, but that would require them to work their job, but then also study around the same time, kind of like how things just are now in the real world. Or could we give them an apprenticeship in the skilled labor, and they're more of the they don't get as many points as if it's unskilled labor but they would get points and still learn more to get more points when they go in that skilled labor position. So basically I'm saying it's the exact same system we're in now in yeah. the United States, but with points. Yeah, I was about to say, could you, because think about this as your breakdown of your population. You have several members who got, um, I'll, I'll post a link to this sheet if anyone who listens to this wants to view it online or something. I'll, I'll put it in the podcast notes, a, a way to access this list if you want to look at it. But there's a breakdown of everyone in your base. And you have essentially um, there are there are 100 people who are specializing in uh, machine fabrication as well as immunology, um, and those are very specialized people who are who are meant to be working a very specialized job, which is finding the cure for this zombie disease, as well as people who will fabricate and make new cryostasis tubes, as well as maintain the ones that are in operation. Uh, then, on an, in addition to that, you have 50 people who are um, military based military and security based who are the ones who will help you do excursions out into the real world to help you gather supplies and clear areas out as you see fit 
Then there are 50 more people who are base maintenance, whose main job is to work essential jobs. Like they have jobs that pertain to essential fa facility needs inside the base. And then you have 100 people who are kind of miscellaneous, um, that they're either children who are uh, below 18, who I uh, right now are assuming are not going to be required to work. Um, and then uh, the rest are people who are family members or random additions to the base who were cho chosen randomly who have jobs that don't necessarily pertain to what they need to do in the base, but were brought in, do, uh, brought in randomly. And I'm saying that obviously, um, for example, um, you have one member on uh, of your list, I forget what his name is, but he's a professional gamer. Um, he's not gonna be the one that you're going to be having breaking down your bio samples and performing uh, immunization tests. You know, he doesn't have that skill set. What stopped him from going and saying, hey, there's a there's a high tier job that's offering all these points. I'll just go select that one and just try it and see and and, and you know. Can I make a suggestion maybe? His, his the, name the... is Wayne Price. Sorry. Wayne, Wayne Price. Price. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Price. Price <laughs> Wayne Price the gamer. <laughs> I believe um, he's the husband of one of the immunologists too. So so without the risk of, you know, gouging a bunch of people out of getting high paying jobs, but we're, we're trying to um, map the skilled labor to where their skills are needed at. So maybe we just provide like different like task channels to where certain jobs are inaccessible to be viewed if you're not in that, if you're not in that specialization, if you're, if you're, if you're just like in some sort of miscellaneous group, then you're just going to be shown miscellaneous tasks. You're not going to yeah. be shown how to oh, like fix. How, how about since before we even bunker put the jobs... slack, if you will, bunker slack, bunker, bunker slack, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about before we even put the jobs out, since we already know who specialized when they come in, we already get them to those positions and then hide those positions from other people, and then show them these the other ones. Although even though somewhere down the line, let's say we need apprentices or people for immunization because they're not always going to be here, so put twenty jobs on the line. And then later on in the line, 20 unskilled laborers can take it if they want. And they come and then kind of refresh. But we have, sorry. Um, all I was going to say is I'm going to bring up my favorite question because I've asked this several times already. Does that not inherently lead to a class system where you have your immunologists and cryogenic researchers and uh, fabricators oh, serving as the upper tier of your workforce? Oh, definitely would. And this is the one thing why I don't understand why Diego gave me his vote, because this is the one thing we disagree with. Yeah. I think a class system is necessary to a point, because... It's, it's impossible. It, it's impossible avoid. to avoid, because if you have people who are doing immunizations, but the person who's shoveling coal gets the exact same amount, I mean, there are going to be some people who work in immunization who say, you know, I, I want to do it because I enjoy doing it on humanity. Then you can have some who say, well, screw this. I'm not doing this. If I could... Go play video games for the same amount of time as the guy who play, shovels coal. Well, I don't one, think that uh, one. I don't think the guy who was the professional gamer at his former occupation will be working as a professional gamer in the bunker necessarily. No, no, I'm talking about the points but, you can use to play yeah. in the uh, the center. Ah, yeah. Um, now, um, I I'm going to play a little bit of the devil's advocate. I'm going to be the dirty socialist for this episode. Um, and uh, I, I wanted and that. I, Oh, you, oh, well, Josh, you had something to say. I'm just I'm kidding. No, go, go. <laughs> but you, did you not have something you wanted to say? I feel go. Like it, okay. Um, oh, 
I, I think that the main thing is not necessarily that there is a class system. It's the it's the inability to move throughout the class system. Because right now it's like, okay, we shove all the, the shitty work off to the miscellaneous, and the immunologists are, are the ones who are given a stable stable workforce, not not heavy not heavy like physical based work. Um, one thing that was proposed and is actually a facility that you currently have in your bunker is a university. Now, could you offer, in theory, people could earn points by studying one of these fields that would make them be able to join one of the upper tier workforces? Uh, now, I get, once again, this would be a balancing act, because then if you have all 100 people like, okay, I want to study toxicology, you don't need all 100 people doing that. Um, but also, I mean, it's a fairly rigorous thing. I, I think it's one of those things, you know, it's not like everyone will have the the wherewithal to do this but you also this would that also if you paid people to get educated if these points were given out also for education in these more specialized fields could you use that to bolster up your workforce so the one thing i actually i've been talking for a while here does anyone want to start third mm, well us we we have a lot of students in our in our bunker already like I, I, like there that that is what their sort of occupation is so i think giving them even a minor incentive to sort of learn a new trade is very good idea very valuable to our future honestly and you know uh thinking on a long-term basis eventually your immunologist will pass away or become too old to continue working at their full capacity as well as in the emergency system Right, and how do you facilitate that and have them balance the the workforce's um, desire to maintain the bunker and make a and make a living to use the recreational facilities, with the desire to become part of the prime directive and to help out and to help humanity? Like, there, I think that there that is a question that has to be asked. What is the incentive for okay. them to pass these specialized trades? That makes me want to propose a very about a okay. very fundamental thing. Um. Oh, can I just maybe add something potentially to your vote? I think I know where it's going, just as a heads up. Per perhaps you might know. Okay, so I want I wanted to like basically lay down the groundwork for like are people choosing the professions or are we assigning them uh, as a as 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 a student? <laughs> so that's actually uh, one thing I want to bring up real quick is I think at first <laughs> you can. Um, I think at first they can choose what they want. We can have a wide array of subjects to teach from, but when things get too bogged down, say for some reason like half the uh, immunologists just die and everyone's studying something else, we give more incentive and more points for people to go into this field. And if they don't, then we say, you're gonna have to go to this field and pick some people, uh, or at least the ones that require, like if we don't have, we will die. At least do not fulfill the prime directive we have set up in this facility, which is to find a cure and survive. Um, uh, so it kind of sounds like it's switching now from more of a you're being paid by the task, like a gig economy, gamification, Postmates style thing, to salary. Because um, it sounds like have to. I, I and and you know that and the salaries sound like they could be adjusted based off of the needs of the bunker. Um, which I, I don't know, to me, kind of does make more sense than paying for each individual task. Um, 
as well as it seems like it might help life in the bunker feel more cohesive. Like it make it feel a little bit less like, oh, I'm taking up trash this one day. I don't know what I'm doing. And, and it gives everyone kind of a purpose. But also, does it, is there a way for people to possibly break out of these systems if they feel like they are not doing a job that is fulfilling to them? The way I see we can do so it. So I yeah. think, oh, we were probably going to say the same thing. Probably. You go ahead. Aptitude tests? I wasn't going to say aptitude tests. I was, um, because aptitude tests, I hated those, or at least I, they, the idea they of aptitude suck. tests. However, it's a way we can either convince people they are good at something and sort of rig them in a way that, you know, if we need a certain group of people and they even score moderately well in that area, we just tell them they're insanely good at it and hopefully they go do it. Okay. I we, it's a saying... way we can almost sort of direct where people go and where the jobs are at at any given time. I it's thought you were saying, bad. it seems like you're good at art. We're going to force you to go to art. That's what I thought you were trying to say right there. Oh, so no, that's no, no, completely no. Just different like, from what I thought. Tell them that they're like they're they're like ninety ninety seven percent match for a career in art. I like that, and you can have those tests, you know, periodically. So, like, if you have it one year, and then maybe two years right, later, take people, it again. If you hate your job, like, here, yeah, try it again. See, it's like let's let's reevaluate where you're at. You may have picked up some new skills. Let's. But really, yeah. we just need more people to do something different. You just rig the test. Like, oh wow, you like art? You know, you can yes. read politics. <laughs> it's no, kind of evil but necessary but what I was going to say is um, you know, just kind of lay out the whole thing we have a point system for work you do specialized work of course you get better points and we already have the specialized workers who came in before and then for all the other jobs people can have their jobs and then also go to the university on the side too and go get points for both we'll get the normal points or working, you'll get the same kind of points for going to university, which university isn't a lot of points, unless you're full-time, if you're part-time, it's not a lot, but it's still not enough to make a whole lot if you're just a full-time student, you still gotta work a little. We need that incentive to keep them working too. Well, and also because we'd be asking people to give up their recreation time if they're working their job in addition to university, their recreation time would be going towards them going to the university. And, and then having more money would maybe allow them to to do more with their recreation time when they had it. Mm -hmm. And once they have that new skill set, then they make more points and they can spend it more. And in terms of when, say there's too many of one specialization out and we need, like there are too many people going to one degree and not enough of the other four that we have. I'll say in this example, we'll go ahead and we can either lower the points given for studying that one degree everyone's studying, raise the points for the other four, uh, which is something we can do, or we can do those aptitude tests and also do the same thing. So people think, you know what, I'm not getting a lot for studying this one subject everyone else is, but this aptitude test would be pretty good at, you know, building walls, so I should go over there. Um, okay, may, uh, here's a, here's a, what was but it, I had an idea. It, it has to be like, sorry. I don't. I don't think we can like blatantly lie to people. Like if they if they don't like, there has to be like some like some at least some score. But we may inflate it to a percentage. Of course, and it would weed out the people who take the degree just because everyone else they know is taking the degree. 
what if there was almost a requirement if you wanted to switch jobs that the switching of jobs to any of this obviously to a skilled position would require you to go to university like it, it, you couldn't just be like oh i want to try mm. out i don't i don't want to try out i want to try out toxicology it's like okay well you're working right now in general maintenance if you want to do that then yes we can set you up for an apprenticeship but you also will have to be taking university classes like you'll have to take university classes before that to, to earn an apprenticeship um, which is open to everybody there's no cost and effect you're being paid to do this um but you have to go because one that also allows people to try it out first like hey you'll be working this apprenticeship and and but it's not a guaranteed job and you know at the end of it there is you know some kind of evaluation to determine whether or not they can they have the skills and the uh, they have the skills to do the job as well as the desire to do it on their own terms you know i do like that i do want maybe there is there's a lot of there's a a lot of people go to college who don't really know what they want to do mm -hmm. in life. They just get right out of high school and they go straight to college. I do yeah. want there to be maybe like uh, you can have a week or two to or like a day or two to shadow someone in the field you think you'd like. Well, I, I, what I was suggesting was not necessarily just for our students. I was saying like you're 35 years old. You've been working as oh, a yeah. janitor. Um, you could go. You could go back to the university to learn how to become an electrician or to or to study immunology or if you want to try to become a cryogenic technician and you get to essentially your university is is an apprenticeship it, it, it involves an apprenticeship component the university all the university programs would be partially in space education and partially apprenticeship shadowing these figures or whatever um, and there definitely could be a class that is like hey Here's your sample platter of all our specialized positions. You get to spend a day helping out with all these tasks, and they could also that would also kind of build in this, um, this, these positions of kind of the more unskilled trial period. Well, I was gonna say it, it gives that these specialized positions some unskilled man like labor to help them out. It's like, okay, like I, I we need people who can help label trays and move stuff around and carry stuff and take notes, which you know they don't need a full degree, but. That way we don't have to use as many people who are, you know, I have three PhDs in biology um, and I need, but we need someone in this room to be taking notes. So I'm just writing shit down. Um, there's all that, that kind of fills in this need for these people and gives them a way to start entering these programs as well. Uh, the sample platter kind of class is what I was thinking of too, in terms of anyone, just by the age range, just gets an idea what it is first before they go through this whole process. Mm -hmm. so that way they know before they waste their entire time, frankly, the professor's time and the bunker's time if they decide not to do it. I, I almost think that that would, should be, it's like when you turn, when you turn like, a, like it should be required for all the children of the bunker and then you can opt to take it as someone working in the workforce if you want. Yeah, um, and also um, you don't have to take a specialized position if you don't want to. You stay right. at home after your whole life if you want to. Or once again, there will be other jobs like entertainment. Will will probably mm -hmm. be a need for entertainment in the base, and probably some people can have work as as musicians, writers, and that could even that that uh, that this opens up a possibility of kind of you know you have your main your main job, and then there might be even a way that you can kind of um, monetize your hobbies almost as well in a way like hmm. 
like, you know, it's like mm -hmm. I work, I work in the day, I clean and I do this stuff. But in the afternoon, like I can either do my leisure activities or I can earn some extra points by participating in a community play or um, helping out with like a concert and programming the lights and doing this stuff that, you know, it's, it's the, the, uh, it's not necessarily that, that you have to do these things, but you, that also kind of helps facilitate, I, I, this is kind of a shift, this isn't exactly what we're talking about, but is that, is there anything in that, in also just in general community, getting paid for general community um, interaction and, and sure. you know, support, like if you're, if you are helping better and increase the the quality of living in the bunker do you also get points for that is it is it fair to um separate the salary currency from the like social currency so it's like you could say like you have your like living wage dollar but then you have like your social coin which is like perhaps a better way because um you know you could say like people who like have like more higher end uh paying jobs like like with a better salary would just be able to add on top uh, the good deeds that they're doing, like getting paid for those miscellaneous tasks, like on top of that. Whereas like perhaps maybe making them like, you know, not like a fiat currency that's like based off of one another, but one of them is like more of like mm -hmm. the social currency is used for other things besides like the regular things you might make purchases with. So that makes sense. So, so the, the social currency, Reminds yeah. me a lot of what China currently has. <laughs> <laughs> it reads yeah. you exactly what it is, and it and it blows my mind. Crossing. Animals. I do not want. To, first off, I don't like the social currency system. It scares me. But uh, this is how it sets. It's um by its it's the social credit system. By its wide definition, is a set of databases and initiatives that <laughs> monitor and assess the trustworthiness of individuals, companies, and government entities. Each entry is given a social credit score with rewards for those who have high ratings and punishment for those with low ratings. I, I think what I was trying to say is less that like you're given like you hold the door open for someone and you get points. It's less that it's more <laughs> more because um, there will be is well, and I guess it, it depends on if you think there is a need for people to be working in the entertainment sectors and in the kind of entertainment support, the things that can't be automated. Are those their full-time positions, or are they working? Are are they incentivized to do that on top of their their one job? Like, can is there someone in the bunker whose job is I'm just an actor? I just act. So uh, one thing I was um uh one thing I was thinking of is instead of social credit points, we can just do. Well, I guess it really comes down to it. Before I start talking, is who is delegating how many points? is reserved for each job task and what it is and that's us we're the ones delegating those points deciding what's uh you know what's five points ten points twenty points thirty points and so i think since we are the government if there is someone who's sitting on a play and they have an opening to take control of the lights and someone wants to do it in their free time then they ask us how many points they think that's worth, and then they go ahead and make the points available and say, whoever wants to take this, this would be 10 points for this mm. amount of time. Could there maybe be a program where people, people, oh, so, oh, so it'd be just like going to see a real, okay, here's my, okay, here's my question. Can you 
can you exchange these points with each other? Could you give someone points if you wanted? Could I say, hey, you can have 50 of my points? We're basically talking like this, like it's cash. So I think delegating points is okay if you want to. If you want to give someone, say, five points, I don't think there's any reason why he says, hey, uh, I don't have an extra point to play uh, dodgeball. Can I have a point? Sorry, I can't give it to you. It's, it's not my say. I think it, you can delegate it if you want to. Because I was about okay. to say, could could it just be that people are paid points? Like the, the economy also works at uh, with a demand level from the population. It's like, hey, the people working the play get the points from the people who come to see the play. Like basically ticket sales. Because that could work. It, would, it really depends if they want to start start charging points for plays. Because then at that point, um, hmm. that would be later on in civilization when things have you know become more normal and there's not really much of a big apocalypse well here's 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 the thing to understand and diego has made this point before and i and i i think i agree and i I mean once again it's it's not necessarily 100 true but you are this bunker is safe people in the bunker are not in danger like it's not like people are like i I get what you're saying like an apocalypse scenario things are going to shift but it's not going to be like people are laying around a campfire like, okay, well, we can't make noise tonight or the, or the zombies are going to eat us alive. There will be plenty of time, I think, as people just sitting around bored. And I think there will be a, a desire for like, man, I fucking miss TV. Like, and I miss going out to concerts and plays and, and all this stuff. And I think that, you know, there also has to be some kind of incentive to encourage people to, this, okay, as the, speaking as the computer, your prime directive is also to preserve as much of humanity as possible, which includes culture. And you want to make sure that musicians are still being made and actors and writers and all this other stuff. Like, do you want, do you want that to die out or do you want to have some kind of incentive that helps keep cultural aspects of humanity thriving and alive? Since we're talking about just points for entertainment, if we started going more into food, then I'd agree with you saying we could charge ticket sale prices. Uh, but since we're just talking about points for entertainment value, I think that's just stick more for the work. I think if you want to talk more about food, because uh, we're not, I did say we're kind of working with a currency system here, but it's still an entertainment system. So it's not actual cash. These people aren't paying for their houses. They can't really move anywhere. So I don't see a reason why there has to be a currency system where they have to pay ticket prices in this bunker as of right now. Yeah. Because they're not leaving anywhere. There's no place they can go. And so if we start charging for this place, there's going to be a full-blown riot. And because people are going to say, why why are the ticket prices going up? Because people are going to say, we can charge more, we can charge more, we can charge more. Well, but if they're being paid from the ticket prices, then like they uh, don't they have the incentive to Oh, I meant that. I meant that the... Uh, that human error could come into play, and the people running the play could say, "We could, we made so much with just one dollar. Uh, with one point, let's do, let's do, let's do one point five. Let's try two. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it would happen all together, but I'm saying it could escalate to a point. Okay. And one thing I love most is, honestly, just free public park plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love getting around, spending around a lot of people. Obviously, with COVID, they're not around that much anymore, but. I think keeping plays free, because as of right now, we're not dealing with real currency. Uh, we already have a set system for food and play. We have a set system for as long as you work, education, that's okay. Entertainment, entertainment should be free. And I think actors who provide the work for that entertainment should be paid the same. Because when it comes down to after a hard day of work, if you don't have entertainment, 
know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. So if you don't have this kind of entertainment or free entertainment, like if you don't want to spend your points on mm -hmm. in the entertainment facilities, but you have these free plays or these free things, these freebies, then, I mean, it, it goes, it's a small thing, but it goes a long way in terms of morale. Yeah, and, and that's completely fine, but but it, it's it's I'm asking at the end of the day, how are these actors getting paid? Is it is it because it's not their full time jobs? Is I think what we're where we landed. It's not like they're just paid to like, or or is it? Or do we set aside a certain part of the population that is meant just for entertainment and to maintain those facilities? I think it'd be the same way as how we discussed how hobbies are. How you can monetize your hobbies. Mm -hmm. Say if someone wants to work live mm -hmm. to get like five points, actors the same thing. They'll say, oh, I've, I've, but I always want to try acting, and if I can get five points for trying something that I like, then I'd go this, for it. This is interesting, a, an idea that people are not paying for these services, but people can people can monetize their hobbies through this points. Because I, I kind of do like that if it's it, and it's not just for entertainment. That's the easiest uh, analogy to make, but it could also be like, mm -hmm. hey, someone wants to learn carpentry and they can build furniture that people then have access to, like have in the bunker like after it's been built or whatever like you're it, uh, essentially you get and it would maybe be like you have your main career but you can also like take out these these smaller contracts that are more task-based like hey build like like spend your time doing carpentry spend like to do this play and you get like an additional points for doing that like it's kind of a a subsidy almost on top of your actual salary I mean, does anyone have any feelings on that either direction? Is that? I think I think that makes sense. That, um, that makes sense to me. And I think it helps. I think it helps encourage the creative because if you have, it help, I think it helps encourage the creativity. And and once again, it's not something that's required. So if someone's like, ah, well, I you know I work my job. I don't really want to. I just want to watch this stuff. I don't really want to participate. They can. They already have their points to go watch the stuff. Um, the people who spend their time doing this, then they have those points. It's like, okay, well, I have a little bit more money now that I can spend. Well, I have a little few more points now that I can spend in my free time to go do this. Or I can, you know, I can trade it with other people to, you know, get furniture or whatever that's built in the carpentry shop. Like, I think I, there will be, if you have tradable points, there will be some system that emerges of people who are going to trade something for these points. Like, whether that be, like, I, I don't think it'll be food or anything because that's free, but... And I think I think that a certain amount of capitalism is fine. I'm I like I think that you can have that that bit of the of the trading of the stuff that people make. And and now what that becomes is after this art is produced, I think that's like you know you get paid to produce the paintings up front. The artists are paid, and then these things enter into a kind of self-sustaining um, um, economy in the bunker itself. Where it's like people are like, okay, mm -hmm. I really like that painting in your room. Can I give you some points and I'll take that? And they're like, oh sure. And then, you know, you go and pick out another painting from the from the art shop or whatever. I mean, is that an? I think it's a good alternative. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good way for people to use excess points as well as like you know give them something to work towards and let them if they don't mm -hmm. necessarily want to you know just use our recreational services. Also, on that note, can we have at least one free recreational service? Well, I think what John John was saying is 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 that it's like you don't pay to go see the play. You don't, and the only thing I think gets weirder is like, it, uh, and I, I, honestly, I think that maybe you don't even pay to like get the paintings or the furniture. Like it's all up for grabs because you just go in and like, oh, I want I want that, and like they'll take it to your room. The the artist gets paid by the system. 
and then but once mm. it's once it's in someone's possession they could in theory trade that around if someone wanted to but that also so, no, oh no so what we can do is in terms of trading by person we can do it in a place where the system could pay you but say like they'll give you two credits mm-hmm. for doing it but then if they say hey if you give me three credits right now i'll give it to you like okay and it's like a higher bidder kind of thing mm-hmm. and so we can give them a base kind of like with food there's a base already mm. and then you just make more from the from the amount of work you do it's the, you get a base point, but if you want to make more, you don't get those two points we'd give you. You get the three the other person gives you mm-hmm. if they decided to like auction for it. So it, it's almost like a feudal system yeah. mixed with capitalism. Oh, no. Okay. That's hmm. interesting because hmm. I, I do see some problems that can arise because um, you could have something like, let's say, okay, Here's my plan. I'm going to go into the furniture shop. I'm going to use all my points to buy all the furniture, and then I have all the furniture, and now I'm going to jack up the prices and, and, and charge people more. I mean, well, the thing is, we don't have furniture shops. They're in people's homes. We don't have the facilities. Well, because well, I, sorry, I, I'm saying, because it's less for the players, because that one's pretty straightforward. You go see the play, the actors mm. get paid a base amount. That's okay. fine. Now, what about painters? Because they produce a painting. What, now they finish the painting. Is the painting just theirs? Do they sell it on their or or carpentry? They build a they build a the thing and they're paid for their time of doing that. And then are they then do they sell the can they sell the chair or do they maybe that's it? Maybe it's just once they have it, it's theirs to do with what they please. They mm-hmm. they're paid they're paid a base amount for pursuing that hobby, and then they can uh, choose to sell the item in addition to get some extra points. Because I mean. That's just gonna happen. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see him going to a, like, I don't see a supply chain here. Them going, selling it to a store, and the store sells it to a customer. I just yeah. see it going direct from consumer to consumer, and or this from is, producer to consumer. Yeah, and this is this is obviously more for non-essential items. This is not food. This is not. This is not like you will have furniture in your house. This is more like specialty pieces, like if someone's like doing carpentry projects. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. This that's is, a neat chest. Yeah, and someone says, I want that in my room. And they're like, oh, well, I built this. I can build another one. Um, uh, and, like, I think that'll also help. I mean, I don't think the point system will get too crazy because it'll be like, well, I'm already getting paid to produce this chest. So unless I'm having to do, like, 40 of them, I'm not going to, like, get sick of it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can build you one of these, and it'll cost you 10 points or whatever. And, and then they give them, and, and, they're, and then that sets a certain level of, like, the, the trade – there's going to have to be – if the points are transferable, there's going to be some trading for goods and services um, that just naturally will happen because people will have something that other people want. Um, and We have made a market and a black market at the same time, and there is no way to not create one without the other. It yeah. is with these points, But with these points, it's better than an actual like currency system now because you can't go buy things with it. It's just you to go get some entertainment. And so if you're like, you know, yeah. I've already been in the movie like 50 times. I still got a billion points. I don't really see you the know, point of me working right now because I already got home. I can't go anywhere right now. So yeah, and Star- it, it, Starbucks, is, Starbucks is a bank. You know, there's no ethical consumption. <laughs> <or like capitalism>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're cares, not yeah. wrong. Well, you're I, not I, wrong. I also like because it does incentivize people to to adopt creative hobbies in addition to their their general requirements it's like hey 
I can make a little bit I, like there, there's like oh I'm 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 bored like I'm sitting around I could go watch something but it's like hey I could make a few extra points if I wanted to like get into history or writing or something like that and they go and pursue that and they're actually also still producing more that's helping out and they're guaranteed to make a certain amount and they're also finding a creative outlet that will help them kind of find something to do in this bunker to not go stir crazy um mm -hmm. and you and you're the main thing is that people don't have to people aren't pressured into doing it really because they don't have to because they're getting a certain they're all their needs are provided for by the bunker and they are still receiving points to participate in these activities to a certain extent on their own and it's it's it then does become almost like these points really are more of a social currency than anything else because it is for their entertainment for their um for how much they want to interact and be part of the community more than anything else i think but it's not a social currency yeah yeah that word triggers me can you please not say that in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> no but i like I, that it's a good system we're in that we don't have to worry about I, it sounds mean, but thank God they can't go anywhere. Otherwise, this would be a whole lot worse. <laughs> How do we want to phrase this vote? I know that's Tony's job, but yes, on AI. Um, um, are we ready? I I would say how I will phrase it is is you know, and it'll be based. I will obviously keep the input of this discussion and all the terms in my in my mind, but the official wording that I will run by will probably most likely jobs will be assigned um, a jobs jobs will be assigned in two different categories well huh how do you phrase this yeah I'd, I'd say I'd say um sorry Josh go ahead didn't mean to interrupt oh no 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 go for it I was gonna say um there are two types of jobs um skilled which have already been assigned and unskilled laborers, which can be chosen by the person themselves unless they have prior experience in the field. Whereas you can also make extra points going to university and by having a hobby that is productive. Okay, Here, yes, here's how I'm gonna phrase it. There are two categories of jobs, unskilled jobs that can be performed by anyone and skilled jobs that, um, that require a university component to participate in. Um, in addition, additional points will be awarded to contracts based off of entertainment to the producers of artwork. Um, that will be in addition to the points they receive separate from the, the, the primary job that they um, choose and or are assigned. Does that kind of sound what, like what we're talking about? When you say producers aren't work, do you just mean anything yes. anyone will kind of kind of go for? Yes. So like, okay. Because that, that uh, once again, that includes, includes live entertainment, musicians, actors. That includes, um, to me, woodworkers. It, woodworkers. It includes, um, you know, small, smaller kind of uh, item fabricators. It includes writers. Um, it includes, you know. Like, All of Etsy. I, I think I think that maybe okay. How could we even maybe add that people can propose what they want to do, and then the contract can be awarded if it is approved. I I don't know about approving a contract. I mean, how about anything that has a market to it? I think we make a bunker Etsy. 
I really do, where people can <laughs> sort of either commission different works from people or sort of like say, hey, I have this idea. Can anyone help me make it a thing? That um, could work. Okay, what if it was – okay, and this is to keep everything fair. Maybe you just have like a set amount of points that you get for participating in a hobby. And, yeah. Um, and like anyone can – you get to choose what that is. Like it, I want to be – I want to act. And it, it's it's time based. It's like okay, yeah, you go and do this for so you go act for a few few hours and you get points for that. You get a set amount of points for having the ho having a hobby, and then depending on if you could sell that or negotiate that with someone else, you get extra points depending on what you had. Right. So you get points for just having a hobby, and if you're an a, uh, a writer, you get an extra ten points if you sell uh, your piece. Yeah, and, and these points are available to everyone. And it also, it also that keeps people, it's like, well, I'm not good at drawing. It's like, well, but you can start doing it, and you'll still be getting points, and you'll be getting better at it. And then once you're good enough to, and then, you know, eventually you could be at a point where you are good enough that people want to want to buy it. But before that, you are, you are also kind of, you are just, it is incentivized that if you're not partic participating in the consumption of entertainment, the production of some form of entertainment also is subsidized. Works for me. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense mm -hmm. to me. Um, so let's uh, let's kind of split up this vote so it's just not like crazy. The first thing is that there are two types of jobs: unskilled, which can be performed by any member of the bunker, and skilled positions, which have a requirement of education at the university, um, unless otherwise overrided. I'm just adding that caveat just in case, like. What if someone wanders in from the street who's like a particle physicist? Like, are we gonna have them get re-educated <laughs> through the program? Could they? Could they just be like, okay, obviously you know what you're doing. You're approved. You can start working. You know. Yep, works for me. Mm -hmm. um, but if no one has any, let's go yay or nay on that. And make sure you say your name. <laughs> oh, Donald Dixon, yay. Kaylin Dees, yay. Josh Robbins, yay, yay. Uh, and that passes unanimously with, uh, yeah, because, uh, oh, I don't think you specified this. I don't think you said it. Um, technically, Don is getting Diego's vote, and Josh has Renee's vote, so each of them have two votes right now. Yep. It passes powerful. With Diego, I'm making you proud. <laughs> um, <laughs> then after that, uh, there's an additional um, almost gig economy that is based off of people's hobbies. People will be paid to. Uh, people will be given points to, um, to pursue their hobbies, and then they can choose to. Um, they uh, they can be offered. Um, they can be. They can be. Wow. Okay. Actually, I'm sorry. This is actually kind of confusing because once again, this goes to. It couldn't someone make the argument? Oh, I made a painting. I'm selling a painting. What stops people from doing shows? From saying, well, I'm producing this art. Why can't I? Charge points for it for people to see it. Okay, I see your point there. Um, <laughs> thought we had. <laughs> um, it's not very easy creating a society, is it, Don? We live in a society. <laughs> Look at all this society around me. But um, so okay, so yeah, there's a difference in there's a difference in fields. I definitely see that. Um, okay, how about this? Um, for those work in fields that were that are free so say actors mm -hmm. um they will get 
they, they, depending on how much what they do, they specified more base amount of points. Mm -hmm. So say someone who works as a carpenter will get two points just for you know having a hobby, and then they can make money off of it. That money is not guaranteed what they are getting. It could be anywhere between one credit to 500 credits. Mm -hmm. Whereas an actor who is doing it for free, they could get a base of five points. Okay. And then it's guaranteed. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting determining these values for certain. Um, I think it is, yeah, this is something that's tough. It's theoretically sound, I think. It's one of those things I don't know if it, if it starts to have problems when you start actually so, acting on it. So I have uh, one actual example on this. Um, okay. It's the pay structure between the U.S. women's soccer team and the men's soccer team. <laughs> it's uh, the oh, women's no. soccer team. Guys, I, I hate to say this. I am going to have to head out. Oh. Um, I know it's an inopportune timing, but. I think you saved me from, from some weird shame, so it's okay. <laughs> um, I think I didn't go. Um, do, so do we want to just table this until next week and maybe Diego and Linnea can give some input? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll start this system, uh, with the jobs and I might have some NPCs who will have some opinions on how things have been going in the bunker and we can get some outside opinions from them as well. Oh, so please. And let me start off with my, uh, men and women's soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks councilman. I'll see you guys in the next see couple you, weeks. Have a good one. Great meeting. Um, see you. With Josh gone, uh, I guess the one thing we didn't vote on, technically we still have three votes in the chat. Um, so yeah, there's one more vote you guys can do if you want, which is you guys can choose to add one facility to the bunker if you choose. Is there anything that you think would be interesting to add to the space? Or anything based off of the discussions we've had today that would be helpful for the, the bunker to have an addition? Not for... Refugee camp. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said refugee camp. Oh, I thought you said some other kind of camps. I was like, oh, no, buddy, I said please. <laughs> I think you guys already kind of have that because if you guys remember, in your in your um, near your primary entrance, there is yeah. a a location with housing for people who are currently waiting to be uh, accepted into the bunker. I mean, the only thing I could think of, like, I wouldn't add a facility based off anything we talked about today. I think maybe like just an extra set of restrooms. But at yeah, that point, I, I don't think add, I wouldn't want to add like anything too big without the other members here. Okay. Uh, you don't have to add anything. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm not down to add anything either. Um, or you could just, or if you wanted to spin building something fun, like hey, we want a we want a robot or something like that, that would be fine too. Um, we build Megatron. <laughs> I don't think we could build Megatron, but we'll we would go ahead and not add anything to the base this week if you guys have nothing that's jumping out at you. Um, I think that's gonna kind of wrap it up. Uh, a little bit more of a of a of a kind of serious episode today um as we kind of talk something but i'm glad we finally nailed this down i think it's going to inform a lot of what i'm going to do with the future of the base as far as like how people are going to interact and and do that i'll update that sheet with um kind of the general assignments of all the people before the next session in two weeks um but that brings us to our housekeeping um i've i've been um i've been your government master tony um, Tony Wilkinson. You can catch uh, the, all the shows on the TOCAST network. Go ahead and, and see those. We have uh, this show happens every other week at this time slot at 7 p.m. Every other week we do a show called Construction, which I am one of the hosts for, as well as Josh Robbins, who you saw earlier, and Linnea Anderson, who has not joined us, but is usually on this show. 
Um, that is a show where we have an hour to construct a world and a story from a series of randomly generated prompts. Uh, it's a great time. It's one of my favorite things to do every other week. Uh, and also, we have the I Am Sitting in a Room podcast, which premieres every Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time. And that one is a new host every week where they sit in a room and talk for an hour straight uninterrupted. Um, and it's kind of an exploration of the stream of consciousness and, and how that can function. Um, with that, I think that's all the stuff I really have to plug. There'll be some exciting announcements soon about the, uh, the Co-Arts Productions, which is our kind of parent organization. Uh, the live shows we're going to be doing this summer. So keep an eye out on that if you're living in the local Norman Oakersby area because we have several shows we're wanting to put on with that. So that should be pretty exciting. We'll be announcing those pretty soon. Um, and with that, uh, I'll let you guys go ahead and plug whatever you want before we wrap up. I've been council member Donald Dickey. Don't have much to plug except for this show and literally anything in the CoCast network because I've listened to multiple of the shows on Spotify just from my car, and I love each and every one of them. So give them a listen. I think you'll like them. And this has been your council member, Kaylin Deese. Um, I just wrote an article this weekend called uh, what, is an N what is an NFT? Artists weigh in on the latest money-making craze. I know it's a little late, but I interviewed some artists this week who talked about it. It was pretty fun to write, so if you want to look it up, it's online, and it's on the WashingtonExaminer.com. What's the title called? It's called uh, What is an NFT? Question uh, mark. Artists weigh in on the latest money-making craze. Kind of long. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, a shout-out to well uh, to our hosts who aren't here today, Lene Anderson, Diego, uh, and, uh, and Josh Robbins, who had to leave, as well as a shout-out to our new producer, Shannon Dusin, who's there making sure our audio doesn't cut out like it did on our second week. So thank you, family, for all you're doing for us. Um, I think that's going to be about it. Um, and I guess, unless someone has anything else to say, uh, all I can say is until we 